Galaxy Lights, Coachella, Lightning Bolt Necklaces. 2023 was the year of Scandaval. On March 3rd, one cheating scandal launched a reality TV investigation that generated hundreds of conspiracy theories, thousands of podcast episodes, and millions of dollars in revenue. I'm Jody Walker, host of An American Scandaval. One retrospective story told in three salacious parts. Listen December 26th on the Ringer Reality Feed. It's the Full Go, presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. And present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Chicago everywhere, check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Welcome into episode 345 of The Full Go Podcast. And I hope, I hope all that got in. I hope it did. I'm tired of this shit. Huh? I'm just going to start to to intersplice my life in between all these sports things that we talk about and dare Kyle Williams and Tony Gill not to put it in. You know, so it can sound disjointed as hell. It's gonna sound like it's gonna sound like Floyd Mayweather trying to read a commercial on this pod. <laughs> At some point, y'all gonna have to learn that your boy is out here living a real life <laughs> in real times while giving you the old sports root. And speaking of the old sports route, uh, we've got ourselves a nice little Super Bowl preview for you. Okay, so don't 
Don't don't hesitate. Is this the one Josh and, and Danny gonna be on? All right, so we got our guy Josh Schrock from NBCSportsChicago.com who's getting ready to join us. And we got our guy Danny Kelly from The Ringer. He does all things football, right? He's got a he's got a he, he does the NFL draft for the ringer. He does the, the playoffs. Like Danny's good people. So looking forward to having that conversation with both those gentlemen. But before we do, we are sitting here uh potting at around 101. Not even around. It's actually 101 a.m. here on a Friday morning. So y'all going to get this pod and enjoy the next couple of days of y'all weekend and get ready for championship Sunday. Uh, looking forward to that Lions and Ravens Super Bowl. That's right. I'm going Lions. I'm going Lions. I am because I'm rooting for the story. I'm rooting for the story. I want to know how black Las Vegas can get and how many people from the D and B more are going to show up in the desert with the gators, you feel me? With 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 the with what they wear and be more ACGs and phone posits and all the other shit that they stole from the DMV. Yeah, furs, right? Furs. Well, the buffs, obviously, for, for the glasses. Detroit natives out there, you know. And and if you don't know what the buffs are, they're the Cartier, you know, sunglasses that that our Detroit brethren have uh, made very very popular, and everybody in the game is bit off of. But yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. I want Detroit and Baltimore to get the most shine possible in in Las Vegas for an entire week. I want to know how Vegas is going up with, like you said, Tony, because they ain't flying. They driving cross country, turtle top vans, Newport smoke billowing out of them. Huh? A bunch of brothers in linen suits with with $17 worth of change in their left pocket and and a keychain with 42 keys on it in their right pocket. Okay, no draws, by the way. Going commando out there. Yeah, yeah. You hear me? Detroit player style. Shout out to the D. I I actually went to school at Southern Illinois University with one of my homies, uh, Dante, who was from Pontiac slash Detroit. You know, they moved around a little bit. So I I got love for Detroit. Of course, friend of the show, Vinny Goodwill, right? You know, shout out to Vinny and Jamel Hill. You know, member of Detroit's finest crew. So I got people. I, 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 I'm, I'm a fan of the city of Detroit. Never been there, though. Never been to Detroit. Never been to Baltimore. And honestly, don't plan on going. Don't plan on going. But I am looking forward to both their football teams being victorious. I sound like <laughs> I sound like Akeem in, 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 uh, <laughs> and uh, what's the movie? Uh, Coming to America. <laughs> they kicked an oblong-shaped <laughs> square, made of pigskin. No, shout out to the D. Shout out to B. More. I think Detroit and uh, the Ravens will end up in the Super Bowl. But that's not why you called. Why you called is you want to know what's going on with the Bulls. Well, hell, I do too. You blow a 23-point lead against the Phoenix Suns, and I'm sure the lead was happy about that. And that's the only thing that came out that was happy about that game. And then you get a couple of days off in the great city of L.A. You figure you get a practice in, you get a couple of good dinners in, you get a, you know, you jump on IG, check out the menu if you're a single man. If not, you know, you're out here checking in the sights. Huh? If you if you're L.A. native or you've been around L.A., I'm sure Alex Caruso is letting people know where they should go eat, go hang out. Right. Zach Levine. Don't know if he was on the trip, but, you know, he's got a nice house in L.A. that we that we've heard of. So I'm, I'm sure the guys did what they had to do. But the problem is they got on the damn court and didn't do anything. They didn't do anything. And, and you know, God bless my guy, Kendall Gill on the pre and post game show. 
Kendall was holding out all hope. I tell y'all right now, the, the the spirit of Doug Buffon has has jumped into the body of my guy, Kendall Gill. God rest the dead, one of my favorite people that this world has ever created. My man, Doug Buffon, good on number 55. Worked with him for years. And Doug Buffon would start off by telling you that the Bears are going to get beat by 20. And an hour and a half, an hour, 45 minutes later, Doug Buffon had all the numbers, all the stats, and all the reasons why the Bears were going to win every game that he had an opinion on. Because he was a Bear through and through, right? He's, he's a Chicago dude. He loves the city. Um, and and he, he just, you know, sometimes guys aren't homers. It's just their, their minds make them believe that something is possible that just isn't possible uh, my man kendall gill said that this is one of 82 you throw this game out Nah, i don't have to throw this game out kg because this is just who they are they're 500 below 500 sometimes above 500 sometimes every once in a while they go on a little bit of a run but consistently inconsistent is what this team has been and continues to be DeMar DeRozan goes off for 32 and 10. Kobe White didn't have the Kobe White type of game that we've come to expect. But from the second quarter on, when the Lakers turned up, the Bulls couldn't match that gangster. They couldn't match that effort. They couldn't match the ball movement. Next thing you know, D'Angelo Russell's hitting shots. Austin Reeves is hitting shots. And when that's happening, AD and LeBron get a chance to party. They don't, they don't have to redline it for, for three quarters and then in the fourth quarter save a team. And that's what happened tonight. This team is a lot different than last year's team. And you might say, oh, there's only a couple of moves, Javon Carter and Torrey Craig. Let me tell you how different this team is from last year. First of all, your premier perimeter players have either been hurt or struggled or both all year long. DeMar DeRozan has not had the season he had last year, and Zach Levine has been hurt for much of this season. DeMar DeRozan is playing a lot of minutes, y'all. You look at the minutes that that dude has on his legs this year in the year 15, I believe it is, you know, that, that pump fake ain't getting people out of their shoes the way it was the last couple of years. People are scouting and defending him in a different way. He's put more of an emphasis as has everyone on this team on three point shooting and his offense is just coming from a different place. He's, he's driving the ball a lot more, which I'm sure is taken away from his legs as the season carries on. But to me, one of the most glaring aspects of this offense that has failed this team is the shot making ability of Nikola Vucevic. Vooch, if he is not picking and popping, picking and fading and being a threat from three-point arc, like he is being defended differently. He's being defended differently right now. And if that's not happening, you know, what is Vooch shooting? 28, 29% from three right now? That's, that's not going to get it done. Because he's one of the four guys who is designated to take four or more, five or more three-pointers a game just to get this team's profile shooting-wise where it's supposed to be. So Vooch isn't shooting the way that he has in previous seasons. DeMar DeRozan is scoring, but he's not scoring like he scored the last couple of years with the Bulls. Zach Levine has been hurt. And Kobe White has been foisted into a position of not only leadership, but ownership of, of the scoring load. He has to give you 23 to 28 points a night just for this team to, to stay afloat against other teams and win those heroic efforts, you know, when they slow down a little bit, when the legs get to you, because this does look like a tired team on top of the fact that they're hurt, like Torrey Craig being out of the rotation matters, okay? Like them, them having to 
piecemeal certain things together. Io DeSumo now is what, six straight games with double-figure points? Io DeSumo was catching DMPCDs when this team was full and whole and healthy. So there's a lot of guys playing a lot of different roles and a lot of different situations and game lineups. Um, you're learning a lot right now about what this team will be to me. Uh, and as far as the trade deadline and all the trade stuff, you know, the Zach Levine, Detroit Pistons uh, interest. If you're not getting back uh, one of their young players, then what are we talking about here? You know, I've heard Gordon Hayward's expiring contract and second round picks and things of that nature. Gordon Hayward would probably be a buyout candidate. Uh, if you lose Zach for nothing, then this would have been a failure, not only of a season, but of a signing of Zach Levine. If you lose DeMar DeRozan for nothing, because DeMar's still not extended, y'all. <laughs> He's still not extended. And you're losing leverage the closer you get to the trade deadline because he will now be a rental for somebody. Alex Caruso is the most attractive trade piece that you have right now, but unfortunately, you need him to win games so that people could watch the other pieces on your team in beneficial, crucial moments, right? Like, so you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. All I know is February 8th is going to roll around here and Bulls fans are getting ready to storm the gates if people aren't moved. Now, I know moving people for moving sake is a fool's errand, but the last couple of years that you look at when you needed shooting two years ago and Luke Kennard was got for a second round pick, you know, last year, it's time to blow this thing up. Nobody's really listening up top. Nobody's listening in, in, in the, 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 the chairman of the board meetings or the, I should say the, the ownership meetings. You know, you don't want to break it all the way down. Right? You don't want to you don't want to rebuild and retool or do any of the re's that everybody is scared of. So you so you want to stay relevant, which is the re that I am not really interested in as a Bulls fan. That's what the edict is. And the bottom line does matter because you still have to answer to other people on the board. But there has to be a decision made on the flight of this team going forward, the path because if Kobe White is ascending, okay, fine. Kobe White could be the third best player on a really, really good team going forward. I, I believe that to be the case. What do you have in Patrick Williams? What's going on with these draft picks over the last couple of years? Marco Simonovic is not in the NBA right now. Dalen Terry is trending towards that if he doesn't get his ass in the lab this summer and knock down a 1,000 shots a, a day. I'm not talking about taking. I'm talking about knocking down a thousand shots a day. Julian Phillips, cool. When he when you're throwing him out there, it looks like he can swim a little bit, but the body needs work. And obviously, he's a 19 year old basketball player, so him sitting on the end of an NBA bench right now isn't really doing him any good because you don't practice the way that even high schoolers who first came in the game 10, 15, 20 years ago practice. You don't practice that much in the NBA. That's why the G League is so uh, is such a beneficial and crucial tool that has to be used. For me as a Bulls fan, the rest of this year, post-trade deadline, is about these young dudes. And it should be. And I understand nobody's coming to the UC to watch a bunch of young dudes play. It always sounds better uh, you know, when we're talking about it as opposed to the actual application of it. But in the end, man... You know, Zach Levine has shown you what he can be. DeMar DeRozan has shown you what they what he can be. And if all you're doing is trying to figure out if you can make, you know, 7 through 10 as far as a playing situation, well, you're hustling backwards to me. 
and, and, and all you're doing is delaying the inevitable rebuild that the NBA will force on you. <laughs> when, when guys get hurt, you know, this thing turns into a quagmire of bad feelings. Like the, the, the devolving of this thing can be drastic. But what I'm talking about is the evolution of whoever you've got on this team now and how they can mature over this next 30 some odd games or so. The trade deadline is around the corner. It's a bad time for Zach to be hurt. It's a bad time for, you know, the bumps and bruises that some of the players have on this team. But I'm telling you now, I love Andre Drummond. I know Andre Drummond is an attractive trade piece for somebody out there who needs a backup big man or a starting big man, to be honest with you. There's some teams that need a starting big man who does nothing but rim run, catch oops, rebound, and block shots. That's what Andre Drummond does. (laughs) There's not a whole bunch of oop catching because for whatever reason, the Bulls don't draw up a whole bunch of plays that get you vertical. You know, that's that's also like I was thinking about it today at work. Rewind five years ago, the best player that might have been a part of this entire thing might be Lowry Marketing. I mean, Lowry Marketing is a top six or seven offensive efficiency player in the NBA right now. Lowry Marketing's trade value is extremely high. And what does this do? It was the first player in NBA history to have 300 threes and 100 dunks in an NBA season. Like, all the things that I used to get mad about with Lowry, they came to fruition, finally. Him him being aggressive and and not being asked to play the small forward, not being asked to play, you know, uh, the, the, the center position and be the biggest person on the floor. He's just asked to play power forward. He's just asked to play a, a, a basketball player. And, and it, it just absolutely drove me nuts drove me nuts watching him and Zach Levine that first year that I got a chance to do this job run absolutely no two-man game. Absolutely none. And trying to find out, hey, should y'all stay together? Should y'all be together in the future? Let me see a little two-man game out of you, a little pick and roll. Zach, former point guard, <laughs> you know how to do this. Lowry, pick and pop specialist, you know how to do this. And we never saw it. And then Lowry went to Cleveland ended up in Utah, and is now starring, starring on a team that isn't that good, but he's playing his ass off. So five years ago, when we talked about Lowry, when I talked about Lowry and what the expectations that I had (laughs) and, and what he should become, he's become that. And also fast forward five years later, Zach Levine is a max player but there's obviously strife. There's, you know, he's taken umbrage to the fact that his name has been mentioned in so many trade talks. We might have seen Zach Levine play his last game as a Chicago Bull the other night when he turned his ankle. Like, just the zoom out of this thing. It can be catastrophic if the Bulls allow it to be. Or you can start to salvage some things, understand that you can't throw good money after bad, and keep it moving. Now, will this fan base understand? I think that's the equation that the Bulls are trying to find out and figure out because the glimpses that you've seen of this team are just that, glimpses. And nobody, nobody around, in, or on that franchise should be okay with play-in possibilities. Nobody. Don't let the Miami Heat thing last year fool you. (laughs) The Miami Heat are built differently. Literally, (laughs) their roster composition is built differently. 
They understand what they can and can't do during a regular season. They also understand that they're built for the playoffs. That wasn't that wasn't a, a play-in team last year. That was a, 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 a distinguished playoff team that was hurt through most of the middle of the year and played catch-up down the stretch. The Bulls aren't that. And we talk, you know, we make jokes about who's lapping the Bulls on this Eastern Conference, you know, landscape, whether it be the Magic and the Pacers. We thought maybe they'd be in line with what the, the Hawks and the Knicks are doing. Well, guess what? Hawks about to sell off everything. Knicks are trying to add and think that they can jump into that top tier, which I don't. I don't. But the Milwaukee thing is giving the Knicks fans and the Knicks brass a little bit of, you know, cause for pause. Like, okay, this, this, they might be gettable. And speaking of the Milwaukee thing, Adrian Griffin, we hardly knew you, man. This is a dude who was on the Bulls bench, a dude who was highly sought after after he went to Toronto, and he landed in Milwaukee, and it didn't work. And it didn't work, and kudos to them for understanding what the window is. If it don't work, you got to move on. Now, moving on to... Glenn Doc Rivers. That's where the entertainment comes in, ladies and gentlemen. Because boy, there, hey, Chicago toughness, you know. Shout out to, shout out to Glenn. But <laughs> there, there have been some uh, implosions on franchises or teams, shall I say, that he's uh, overseen. And I think that this one, defensively, I think that they're just just broken enough that. I don't know if Doc Rivers is going to be able to put it back together. They, their record tells you that they're a good regular season team, but in the postseason, they're going to get 130 put on them religiously. And you can't win like that. You can't win like that. So there's moving and shaking going on in the Eastern Conference. The Bulls have now, what, a couple of weeks to kind of figure out what they think they are. The league is going to tell them what they actually are and what their pieces actually are and the value that they have. And we go from here. But the last thing you want to do is get caught losing players for nothing, whether it be in trade or having them walk away. And I fear, I fear that the the, the next to last thing that you want to do is going to happen, which is bring it on back. <laughs> I fear it. I fear it. You know, DeMar DeRozan does love living here. And Zach Levine uh, is very rich. <laughs> And there's a trade market that seems to be dwindling. So if bringing it back is what everybody's looking for, which is what no one's looking for, I think that that is more likely than the sell-off that a lot of fans are asking for. So enjoy, Bulls fans. There's about 30-some-odd games to go. A whole bunch of Kobe White that we'll be watching. Patrick Williams, hey, we'll see how important money is to this young man because at some point you got to turn up here. You got to turn up. And boy, would I love to see angry, aggressive, my shot, Patrick Williams. Wonder if he's in there. Wonder if he's in there. So, yeah, that's the load on what's happening with the Bulls. Sunday, they got a, a tougher game than you imagine in the Portland Trailblazers. I watched the Trailblazers take the Houston Rockets to overtime on a Jeremy Grant bank shot, all because they played harder than the Rockets for the, the last 12 minutes of that ball game. And that same thing can happen with the Bulls because I don't know if y'all know this, but Every scouting report out there for the last two years has said, don't worry, the Bulls will let you back in the game. Or, don't worry, you can jump up on the Bulls and make them fight back into the game. 
Either way, there's no way to be thought of. And right now we're just witnessing it. This has been a madden maddeningly inconsistent team in the moments that you least expect it. Up by 23 against the Suns, you should lose that game. LeBron James says, I'm in tonight. Guess what? I shouldn't see anybody flat or walking around or thousand yard stairs or acting like, you know, y'all five strangers wearing the same uniform on offense, which I saw far too much against the Lakers. After the after midway point through the second quarter, they go on a 12-0 run. That game was over from that point. And that can't happen if you expect to be taken seriously like this team expects to be taken. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. When it comes to the NFL playoffs, you got to win one game at a time. But when you bet the NFL playoffs on FanDuel, one game can mean a lot of wins. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, has all your favorite bets like the money line and the spread, plus all sorts of prop bets. We got Lions, we got 49ers in the NFC Championship game. The casual betting brothers are here for you with a three-leg same-game parlay. We got the Lions plus seven. That's right. I got the Lions winning outright, by the way. But we got the Lions plus seven. Sam Laporta, the phenom rookie tight end, over receiving yards of 48 and a half. I think Sam Laporta is going to have a big game. That linebacking core is something to be reckoned with. You know, shout out to shout out to Dre and shout out to Fred Warner. But I think Sam Laporta has arrived. We think he's going to get the over in receiving yards of 48 and a half. And anytime touchdown score, anytime you're playing a football game, the San Francisco 49ers are involved. That means Christian McCaffrey is going to score a touchdown. So once again, three legs, same game parlay for the NFC championship game. The Detroit Lions plus seven, Sam Laporta over 48 and a half yards. And anytime touchdown score being C-Mac, that's right, run CMC, Christian McCaffrey. And right now, every day there's an NFL playoff game. FanDuel is giving all customers a no-sweat same-game parlay. That means when you combine all your bets for a chance at a bigger payday, you'll get bonus bets back if your SGP doesn't win. That's right, doesn't win. Just visit FanDuel.com slash FullGo if you don't already have an account. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit TheRinger.com slash RG. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. I, I tell you, I can't help but get back to golf. Coming up next, we talk local football angles with our guy Josh Schrock from NBCSportsChicago.com. We talk about the quarterback position, what Shane Waldron is and isn't, and also what's happening on the defensive side of the ball. We'll do all that with Josh Schrock next right here on the Full Go Podcast. 
Welcome in, you know, to this uh, beautiful interview that we've set up with uh, NBC Sports Chicago's Josh Schrock. I'm sure he didn't think that any of this was going to happen. And I don't know how much of the conversation you probably heard before this little intro that we're giving our guy, Josh. But he is a friend of the show. We lean on him for Bears happenings and what's going down at Hallis Hall. Uh, he's one of like the four people we trust that that go up there, to be honest with you. Uh, it's him. It's Herb Howard. Uh, Tony, who else do we trust? It, it's Potsy, Mark Potash. If yeah. not, you know, Jason yeah. Leisure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We, we, it's like four or five of them that we trust to roll up there. You know, shout out to the ladies that go up there as well. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, they, they haven't jumped on the show yet. So <laughs> to hell with y'all. But, yeah, there's about four or five of them. And he's one of them. And he's hanging out with us here on the full go. All right, Josh. All I asked for as a Bears fan was somebody who had some prior play calling uh, bona fides. Yeah. So they go out and they get Shane Waldron after everybody in Seattle gets canned. Uh, They said, hey, Pete, get your old ass up out of here and wander the building as a consultant for a little bit. And we're going to get rid of your staff as we as we head into this new millennium of Seahawks football. Um, The pluses and minuses on this man's resume and what what you've ascertained as you've done all your digging over the last 48 hours or so. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of pluses, honestly. I think before uh, Matty Flus made the obvious decision to send Luke Getze packing, uh, if you would have said they're going to get Shane Waldron, I was like, yeah, there's no way they're going to get a qualified play caller to come here and work for a guy who might be out of work in nine months. It's just not going to happen. Uh, the stars align. And I mean, Shane Waldron has been hired by Bill Belichick, Mike Shanahan, Sean McVay, Pete Carroll, like the who's who of guys who know what the hell they're talking about. They really like this guy. Um, Brilliant, brilliant mind, creative play caller, knows how to scheme around what his personnel does and what they can't do. Um, I think the Seahawks fans had justifiable gripes. No one's perfect. And the life of a play caller is, hey, if you're bad on third down or you make some mistakes in the red zone, they're trying to run you out, right? People trying to run Kyle Shanahan out of San Francisco at halftime last week. That's just, that's the gas the game. Shane Waldron is elite at early down success, which is basically like, how good are you when you got everything? You can do whatever you want to do. How good are you? Uh, the Seahawks under him ranked fifth in EPA per play, eighth in success rate, sixth in dropback EPA, fifth in success rate dropback. Teams, teams with them, Niners, Packers with Rodgers, Chiefs, Bills, Seahawks. That's the list. For comparison, the Bears under Getze, 28th, 30th, 30th, 30th. So clear upgrade, no matter who the quarterback is. He's quarterback versatile. He's worked for Geno Smith, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff. Um, And I think a big thing, whether it's Fields, Caleb Williams, Drake May, what Shane Walden was able to do is take a guy in Russell Wilson and a guy in Geno Smith who hold the ball. They are, the time to throw is over three seconds, and he got it under three. He got it in two sevens, the two sixes. Justin's at three, four. Caleb's at three, two, five. So that's going to help whoever it is. So I think it's the, it's a big hire um, and really impressive. I didn't think they were going to get a guy with the resume that he has. Yeah, I, I thought, you know, double K, Clint Kubiak. Yeah, that was, or, what, that was what I had. I know, was like, that's going to be that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, thought, I thought it was going to be something like that. Yep. Uh, let me ask you, mm-hmm. 
the comparisons that can be made before we get to you know what this tells us or what the the the, the foreshadowing can mean in terms yeah. of who's going to be the quarterback here sure. what the comparisons are between the seattle offense that he's been mm-hmm. overseeing the last couple of years and this offense you know a pair of young tackles um what does yeah. he need at certain positions like what what things should we get should we expect the roster to look like if they're yeah. going to play to shane waldron's strengths well, so that's interesting. I think, uh, one, he needs more playmakers, right? DJ Moore is sensational. They got to go get a true two. They got to probably get a three, right? Uh, maybe that's Darnell Mooney. Maybe Shane Waldron will use Darnell Mooney and make him a thousand yard receiver as Matt Nagy did. And Lou Getzey was like, man, I don't know how to use this guy who's clearly really talented. Don't know what to tell you. Uh, they got to get at least two receivers, probably another tight end. Shane likes the two tight end package, but he's really good in the three wide receivers. We saw with Lockett, DK, and, and JSN this past season. Uh, we know the Bears have to get a center. I think the good thing is they've built this line to run this offense. Like, this is the offense they wanted Luke Getzey to run, and Luke Getzey came in and was like, yeah, we kind of have a little bit of that, but we're going to do this RPO stuff, and then we're going to go over here and do this and have no identity. And it was like, man, I don't know what's going on with this offense. Shane Waldron is outside mm-hmm. zone, inside zone, get to the second level, athletic offensive line. So this is what Matt Eberflus wants. So they've already kind of built the roster, but they need more playmakers, two wide receivers, another tight end. And then they got to fix the center. And I still think, I know people like Braxton Jones, please no one come at me. You got to look at left. You got to at least bring in someone to compete at left tackle and not baby the fifth round pick out of Southern Utah and be like, Hey, he's the guy. I don't know what to tell you. He beat out Riley reef. Good enough for us. Right. Right. It's time to saddle up <laughs> right. at left tackle. Yeah. You, you got know? it. You got it. So I, I, you got it. The, the ghost of Gabe Karimi and Mark Colombo should, should not still be haunting this squad. I mean, I mean, it seems like since they've selected them, they've gone the Jamarcus Webb route. They've gone Jermon Bushrod when he was already, you know, on the other side of the pro bowl play that, that he, that he exhibited in, in new Orleans. Uh, I asked you about that running back room, man. You know, the way it it's shaped out, um, David Montgomery, when he moves along, it was like, hey, you got Khalil Herbert. And then Khalil Herbert got his first real injury, and I don't think he ever really looked the same. Roshan Johnson, who everybody was enthused about, you know, he and Tyler Scott coming into this, this season were like, look at these two picks that are going to affect the offense. And we saw glimpses from Roshan and Tyler. We didn't see too many glimpses. But that running back room, the versatility that is needed in the Shane Waldron offense, and do you see any any changes uh, in the offing in, in that room? Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to bring in another guy. I mean, Deontay Foreman's clearly not going to be back. I think that's obvious um, given how that whole – it was weird how they handled it, right? He's an inactive, and then Khalil goes down. They bring him back in. The run game finally finds its legs under him, and then Khalil comes back, and they're like, all right, cool. we're done with you back on the heap. Um, they love Roshan, obviously. Uh, the pass protection's got to get better. I still think they need – they don't have a, a guy. Like, I know they're the all – home run Yeah, they're all about, you know, running back by committee, and that's good, but – you still need a, a one. You still need a dude. It doesn't have to be Saquon, but you need a guy. I think Khalil's a great two. Good change of pace. Good one cut and go. Really good for the system when it's run right. And we saw that in 2022, right? When Montgomery was there, just bang, bang, bang. And then Khalil would come in, one cut, go, 60 yards. That's what you need when the defense is tired. I don't think he's a bell cow. Can Roshan be that? Maybe. But like you said, we didn't really, the juice, right? The hype, it, it, never, it never materialized. And with Tyler Scott, it's funny. I was, you know, watching the Bucks play, and they have Trey Palmer, who's kind of like Tyler Scott, right? He's a one-trick, just real lightning quick guy. And Dave Canales is yeah. like, "Oh, cool, let's fake the bubble screen and get our guy the ball." And he's fifty yards. I'm like, 
man, could, could the Bears do this? Like, can, can we just get the guy who's fast the ball in the open space? So uh, maybe Shane Walter could do that. But they got. I think they're going to add a back, a veteran, um, to kind of lead that room. I think they need to find a clear pecking order because I do think the, hey, we're going to do running backs by however they perform each week in practice and juggle the depth chart that way. I think that really costs them uh identity and momentum and i think that's why the run game even though they finished second was still kind of up and down and not as explosive as it was in 22. is shane waldron a future head coach whether it's here or anywhere in the nfl you think i mean look i talked to people around the league and he is highly respected as probably the next level of play callers under the guys who are head coaches right the shanahan's the mcveigh's the mcdaniels like if you're not the guy and call on the plays He's right there with Ben Johnson, who's going to be a guy, you know, running it. So I think he's viewed that way. And if you're the Bears, I know people are like, oh, I can't believe we might hire a guy who's, you want this man to go be a head coach. You want that. Don't freak out about that. That's the goal, right? Remember, everyone thought Luke Getze was going to leave last year and go be a head coach. And that, <laughs> that, didn't, that didn't turn out to happen. So I think the Bears should should hope for for that. And I think Shane Walton has, has that. And certainly the reputation around the league is a guy who can be a head coach one day. Um, like I said, brilliant, creative, innovative, all that. Before sweat and after sweat is the way that we should look at last year's defense. <laughs> um, after sweat, you, you you saw what what can really really affect the game, which is constant pressure, yeah, double teams, weird. and okay. you know yeah. singles up. Yeah, see who can win when they're singled up. How about that? Uh, you saw Javon Dexter Senior play yeah. a, a different brand of football. Uh, Julius uh, Julius Justin Jones uh, upped his game at the end of the season as well. Demarcus yeah. Walker looked like he had a pulse at the end of the season. Uh, who do you expect? to be back with this team and who's uh who's on the outs because i'm watching antoine winfield jr missing tackles in the open field i'm like ah hopefully that will sour people on an all pro safety that's a free agent (laughs) and maybe he can end up in the chicago bears uniform like what what do you see happening on this defense uh when free agency kicks in and also like who's going to be the D coordinator, even though yeah. we know Matt Eberflus is going to be that guy. Yeah. Uh, I know what you're hitting at with my guy, Eddie Jackson. I see you golf. I see what you're hitting at. Um, I, hey, listen, but, I, listen, but, I've seen Eddie out a lot and he's always been gracious he's to me. Good, he's a, you know, we kept him moving. One of the best. Yeah. He's, he's a good dude, yeah. but you know, he's, uh, it's, it's, it's time. <laughs> right. Yes. It's time here. Sometimes. It seems like it's getting ready to be up. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you're 30 years yeah. old and you got one year left on your deal and the writing might be on the wall. I see. He's 30. He's 30. Yeah. Damn, it seems like he's only been here for like four years. He's 30. Uh, So I I think Eddie Jackson is is the obvious one who's probably outright if they cut him, you say 14 million. Um, The issue is, and we've talked about this, you know, they came in and gutted the locker room of veterans, Roquan, Robert Quinn, all these guys. They left Eddie and the locker room loves Eddie. And I think you do need veterans at some point, right? You can't, I know Jalen Johnson is a veteran. He's still only 24 and he's a different kind of veteran. He's a Hey, watch me play. Follow me. Eddie's to get in your face. Hey, man, we're messing this up. Um, they love how he plays with Brisker. They think Brisker plays a lot better when Eddie's back there because of the communication. So what's that worth? Um, that's something to watch. I think other than that, the secondary is locked up. The linebackers are pretty good. D-line, man. Um, are they going to bring back Justin Jones, who after getting beat you know, by everyone for a year and a half when he was saying like, man, 
if they're not double teaming me, I'm good. I promise you. And then they got someone who else who got double teamed and he was pretty good. So maybe he's maybe yeah. maybe he's worth it, right? Uh, Yanni, he's you, like, I told yeah. you I needed a damn near all pro next to me right. to be good. Yeah, he's like, you guys, uh, duh. you guys wanted me to, be, you guys wanted me to be the guy. No, 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 he's the guy. Right, I just, right, I right. just exist here, right? Of course, I'm the man it, next to me, right? Uh, Unique and Gakwe is obviously going to be gone. They need to find a legit edge rusher opposite sweat because demarcus walker is a nice third rusher kick inside you know kind of do that stuff he's not a two um man I i'm interested what they do at, at three technique because there are some guys on the market you know like if christian wilkins hits the market do they say you know Jervon, you, you got better and you could be a part of this but Matty Rufo still needs his guy. And I think Ryan Poles, what he kind of did last year in the draft by not getting him an edge rusher, getting him two, three techniques, and just basically throwing him to the wind and being like, you don't have any, you don't have any pass rushers for six, seven weeks. I'm really sorry. And then he got him on test sweat. I think he might have to throw him another bone and go get a Christian Wilkins or, or a three technique if he hits the market. So other than that, this defense is pretty set. I think my only worry is if you go back and look at who they beat and who they played well against. Man, they didn't. They didn't really beat anyone all that impressive, right? I mean, they beat a Raiders. Right. They get. They beat a Raiders team that was in full on get Josh McDaniels out of here mode. They beat Bryce Young. Frank Wright got fired. They beat Josh Dobbs. You know, they beat Taylor Heineke and Arthur Smith. Like, there's not. There's not a big win other than that Lions win. And Jared Goff is much different on the road. So. I still think they need pieces, but yeah, Matty Eberflus is going to keep calling the plays. It's his job, right? He, the only reason he still has his job is because Alan Williams lost his job and he got to take that job and be like, Hey, I can kind of do mm -hmm. some stuff. He's not giving that up. I think they'll bring in someone, um, you know, someone young. I, I think the guy from Tennessee, they just interviewed Trell Williams. The D line coach is a good, is it would be a great get. That Tennessee D line is really, really good. He's good at developing. Um, so, so look for there, but we know it's going to be the even flu show. Cause if the ship goes down, he's got to go down with his fastball or whatever's up his sleeve. We don't know, man, Josh, this is going to be, you know, it's going to be one for the ages. These last couple of off seasons have been interesting to clean out the tear out and then the trade. And, and you know, now, now you got to, the great, the great quarterback decision. That's gripping the city for three months. It's going to be, people are already yeah, at each listen. other's throats. I'm I, I I'm I'm tired of it. Oh, yeah, I, me too. I'm not going. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Going, I'm not going front like I haven't given up the ghost on you know the whole Justin Fields fight. If Justin Fields is the quarterback day one, I will be surprised and I will I will ride and see what happens. Right. If Caleb Williams is the quarterback day one, then now it's time to figure out how good everybody else is at their job. That's correct. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. That, this is it. this is this is this this is the Ryan Poles gangster era that we're stepping into. Like it, it's all good when you got all the assets and you got all the resources oh, yeah. all the shiny clock shiny things now. they look nice hey look at all the oh, yeah. you got the number one overall pick who might be the best quarterback since clock Andrew Luck. Now. all right go show us what you got hey we'll find out what uh everybody is without ian cunningham in that building you still know? here for now and i'm looking forward to that yeah I'm well for, for now. now for now <laughs> it, for now and, and if he doesn't leave then you know then then i'll then i'll have uh and I'll have more fun and more intel, but we'll, we'll save that for some other time. Uh, Josh, thank you so much, man. Appreciate you. Uh, great stuff as always on NBCSportsChicago.com. And, you know, keep your head down in these Twitter streets. Man. I always do, man. It's a pleasure. I love coming on. Take care, Goff. Yes, sir. Josh Schrock right here on the Full Go Podcast. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. 
Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes. Enter the Kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Bears talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. And the kick is good for the win. Fade to black. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Coming up next on the full goal, Danny Kelly from The Ringer. That's right, lead NFL writer for The Ringer. He does draft stuff. He does regular season playoff and Super Bowl stuff. He'll be our NFL Sherpa. He'll climb us up that mountain headed to Championship Sunday. Coming up next, right here on the full goal. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Oh, I can't complain. I can't complain. You know, thank you for joining us. I appreciate sure you as always. Yeah, man, we got some... Uh, you got some big football happening this weekend, huh? Oh, yeah. Championship oh, yeah. weekend. I, before we get to the quarterbacks that are in this game and the, the, the games themselves, you know, there's uh, the middle class is disappearing, uh, not only before our very eyes in this country, but also uh, when it comes to quarterbacking. And here in this city of Chicago, you know, it's, it's you, do you have one of the top five? And if not, discard him every three or four years. Now, Justin <laughs> Fields feels like he will be on somebody else's team soon, and Caleb right. Williams will be a part of this function. But top to bottom, Danny, it, it, when it comes to quarterbacking in the NFL, like we're, we're talking ourselves back into Kirk Cousins being, a, you know, a viable option for a team out there. Uh, where is the middle class in the NFL? And can you win not just football games with them, but can you go deep into the playoffs with the middle-class quarterback? I mean, I think you can. It's um, it, it obviously depends on a lot of variables. Like you, you mentioned that there's no middle-class left. Like it's, it's basically either rookie, like guys on rookie contracts or the top tier guys that are making like $50 million a year. There's a handful of guys thrown in there, you know, like the Geno Smiths of the world um, who are making sort of middle tier money baker mayfield right. um but yeah for the most part it's it's just like the 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 rich and the poor and and the quarterback position so i don't know i do think that you can still win it's just you just have to have pretty much every other piece in place you know what i mean it has to be like a situation where you've done such an incredible job in free agency you have a good rookie class uh you have really good coaching um that's a situation where i think you can win with with a middle class uh quarterback or like a mid-range quarterback i guess you would even say mm -hmm. um but to me it's just it takes a lot of luck it takes a lot of luck and it takes the, the stars all kind of aligning at the same time for that to happen so um it kind of just i literally like i think the team it just depends on what the team defines as success you know what i mean like if if a team is like yeah we're gonna go to the playoffs we can go to the playoffs with this guy that's great that's what we want keep the fans engaged. Like you can, I think that's where you can get by with those guys. Um, but if you want to be like a perennial Super Bowl contender, you need like the Josh Allens, you need Mahomes or whoever, you know, obviously that's very, very hard to find, but I think right. that's kind of like the state of the NFL right now. I think Jared Goff is doing what Alex Smith did for a while where yep. it was, yep. Oh, look at this. Look at these regular season wins and look how awesome everything is when it's perfect. But at some point, will this guy be the limiting factor? And I think there's going to be that reckoning coming up here. And, and hey, listen, man, number one pick, you look at some of the numbers that he's put up in both L.A. and now in Detroit. If you're going to get some of that out of a number one pick, you know, just profile A versus profile B, some of that stuff you're going to take. Um, what kind of reckoning do you think the Lions will come to? Because our guy Alex Brown on this pod thinks that the Lions are going to beat the 49ers and advance to the Super Bowl. Uh, where do you think the Lions are at in terms of that expectation level being reached and also, you know, that tipping point as well? 
What up, world? It's Vic Spencer, and you're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah, it's tough. It, it feels like I, I think the Lions are capable of beating the 49ers, especially after watching the 49ers sort of struggle last week. It, they just did not look like themselves at all. Brock Purdy struggled really badly um, for most of the game. Obviously, he came through in the end, but for the most part, he he did not look confident. Um, they looked kind of human to me for the first time in months. And so maybe no there's D-ball a do that to you. huh? <laughs> I know it's like, they're, it was like the whole, the whole Mike Tyson thing. Like you have a plan until you get punched you in get the punched. face. Like yeah. Debo got hurt within like a couple minutes of the start of that game. And it felt, it felt like their sort of game plan went out of whack and they just couldn't move the football like they normally do. And so I think they have a chance. Um, I do worry. There's a little bit of like, just happy to be here thing with the lions. You know what I mean? Like they haven't been to the, playoffs and or they haven't won a playoff game in x amount of years or they haven't won the division in x amount of years and there's all you know like this tons of good vibes and good feelings and um you know i think a lot of people see them as sort of a team that's like oh this is going to be a really dangerous team next year and the year after but maybe they're not quite there this year the defense isn't elite um so i don't know i i, I think they have a shot clearly the 49ers are the better team on paper um but i do worry there's a little bit of like just happy to be here vibes going on with the lions mm. um the other thing i think to think about when you go forward is if they lose ben johnson their offensive coordinator like how big of an impact that will make next year and going forward and, and how like how how much of an influence he is on how like on their success overall like how big of a, a reason or how big of a reason is he that they or that they're he is the reason that they're where they are right now you know what i mean like it their offense is clearly the strength of the team so um you know, the, the culture with that Dan Campbell has established there is great, but like kind of what's the ceiling if they do lose that offense, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of coaching and Dan Campbell, uh, I'm trying to get my head around cause obviously you've got the heavy hitters and you got the young guy and then you got the, the lovable meathead. And I think the lovable meathead might manage games better than the other three. If you look at it on, you know, you zoom out a little bit, you know, Kyle Shanahan, there's some some interesting timeout decisions yep. that weren't made in the first half of uh, the last game that we saw the 49ers um, involved in. Andy Reid, notoriously, like once every three or four years, you go, <laughs> wait a minute, hold on now. Was that a Hall of Fame coaching decision that was made? And of course, you know, shout out to Chicago's finest. Well, was Chicago's finest. Matt Nagy for giving the ball to McCole Hardman after Isaiah <laughs> Pacheco was running around uh, yeah. like he's, you know, scared of something. <laughs> I Coaching wise, if yeah. it comes down to that, Harbaugh, Reed, Campbell, Shanahan. We know who the sexy picks are. We know mm. who the the feel good picks are. But if you had to rank them one through four, the people who are left with the big headset <laughs> on, how would you go? Um, yeah, that's a tough one. I think I still probably lean uh, Andy Reid. Just oh, okay. I probably lean Andy Reid. Honestly, okay. even though like he has a he has a history of making some pretty bad decisions. Like at the end of the day, like I think the overall resume is there. Yeah. I think Shanahan, like he's the, he's the uncle at the barbecue that keeps us entertained, right? Right. He's, right. he's like, oh no, this success when he comes over, and then you're like, yeah, but keep the bourbon away from him. You know? he's, keep those timeouts and in game situations away from him. Right. Exactly. We're talking volume. Like Andy Reid probably has like the most volume in terms of like what the hell was that? Um, but I still trust him. You know what I mean? Right, I still, for, right. for whatever reason, I still trust him. Uh, I do think it's like such a hard thing to do. Game management, they, you know, they should be like specialists. There should be consultants. You should have a guy that's in the coach's ear 100% of the game 
talking about game game management, like three or four plays ahead of when we're going to have to make these decisions, you know, timeouts, clock management, um, the way that we want to attack it, two-point conversions, all that stuff. Obviously, um, there's just so much that goes into coaching, especially if these coaches are calling plays sometimes. So um, maybe Shanahan is like, I'd probably put Shanahan last just because he... You know, he, he has that history, himself. right? It's like he, he he can't he can't be a play caller and a in game decision maker at the same time. You know what I mean? It's like there's only so much brain space to do both. Um, I, I think John Harbaugh is pretty steady. I'm like off the top of my head, I'm not thinking of like any of the most egregious things. Like I, I mean, I'm sure he's had some some in game mistakes, but I can't think of anything super egregious. Just and of course, of Lamar head. Jackson can get used as a human shield at any point in time when the Ravens lose. Right? Like we kind of forget that Lamar Jackson saved John Harbaugh's job. Like, like we forget that, like, when this thing first got started and you threw the, the kid in there from Louisville into an offense that you had not made for him, like, he, he, he came from Louisville and Bobby Petrino into Joe Flacco's offense and John Harbaugh was on the outs. And next thing you know, MVP, a couple MVPs later and a Super Bowl appearance. Like, it, it's, it's been very interesting to see the, the career arc, especially of that oh, yeah. coach. The sliding doors moments uh, in this league are, are some of my favorite things to think about. Like, you know, the, the Ravens didn't even pick him with their first first round pick. I mean, they picked Hayden Hurst, of all people, in the first round and then trade to back up for Lamar. Like, there's so many moments like this that happened in the NFL where you're like, yeah. you, we give the Ravens so much credit. And we should because they've they have ultimately designed their offense around him and like over the years, um, you know, tried to make everything based on like helping him and getting Mm -hmm. him and actualizing and all that stuff. So obviously they get credit, but like at the end of the day, they lucked into Lamar Jackson in a way because they didn't pick him first and the other teams decided not to pick him. Um, And, you know, so I think, you know, obviously, yeah, the Harbaugh thing is funny. They were going with Flacco. They finally decided to change, change things up. Um, And yeah, they'd like built their whole offense around Flacco. And then they kind of just went on the fly with, with Lamar. Um, But yeah, so I, I probably go, Reed Harbaugh, then Campbell, just because we don't have a long track record, and then Shanahan, just because, uh, just because of like his history, and and th- they kept throwing up the stat like he's like one in thirty or whatever, and like one score games in the fourth quarter. That's not really that great. Never, um, never. Good I do kind of feel funny. I, I feel funny picking Reed, but I don't know for some reason I still do trust him. Well, we trust him because it's the brand on the can, right? Yeah. Like we yeah. still see Kansas City Chiefs, even though it's a different formula. Right, like yep, you know, exactly. They put, they put Coke Zero in the Coke can, and we're like, "Oh, this tastes great." You know, <laughs> de- defense can win game. I, I love the fact that we talk as much as we do about uh, about Patrick Mahomes because he's an alien, right? We we haven't seen anything like this cat, but the two defining plays to me happen on the defensive side of the football where Chris Jones is just like, all right, I'm better than this all pro or pro bowler to be across from me, whether it be Creed Humphrey or it, it, it's um, Deion Dawkins across from me, like in practice. And also in, in, in a game you know, application, this man almost ended the game twice, right? I mean, what he did where he pushes Deion Dawkins back. And then before that, the fumble that they recover, um, we're learning to watch the Chiefs in a different way. If you haven't watched them all year, like this defense from week one, we we had this, we had to come together and say he ain't throwing to nobody. So yeah. Nick Bolton and them boys gonna have to hold it down, and they've held it down. I'm looking forward to what Spagnolo does uh, against that Ravens defense in terms of 
Like who's going to get wild enough? Like who's who's going to affect the dynamic quarterback more? If you had to pick one or the other, Ravens versus the Chiefs in defensive styles, which mm. one do you think would be triumphant? It's hard because they're two of the best defenses in the NFL right now. They're two of the most interesting and exciting ones. I probably lean the Ravens just because of what they've been able to do this year. Um, I love the Chiefs defense, though. You know, their defensive backs are really fun to watch. Um, obviously, Chris Jones is just a beast up there. But yeah, I think um, Mike McDonald, what he's done with this defense, like the way that he, you know, styles and caters to his, his schemes to try and take away this specific, like, you know, strengths of the opposing team that they're playing. It's like almost Belichickian in the way that they can kind of be so versatile and, um, you know, really you go out there and you watch them and it's like, they're just confusing the heck out of the opposing quarterbacks every week. Um, so, I mean, we, we saw what the, the Texans did to the Browns and then right back to back, they came in and could not do anything against the Ravens. Yeah. Like the Browns mm -hmm. are one of the best defenses in the NFL and they got completely shredded by this Texans team. And then the Ravens were like, yeah, you know, if you guys want to run it, that's fine. We'll be okay with that. Um, and they basically were like, yeah, go ahead and run and dedicated uh, less resources to the run. And like the, and the Texans just couldn't run the ball. And, they, and then of course, like, um, you know, dedicating so much of their attention to like stopping the pass, like really clearly worked. I think the Texans had 10 first downs in the entire game. It was like literally one of the worst offensive performances of any team in the NFL this year. So got to go with the Ravens just for, you know, just for the fact that they've been so good at just shutting down some of the elite offenses this year. And by the way, you know, we note that on the other side of Legereus need is actually the, uh, the, the chiefs real cornerback, less resources, uh, you know, big, big time prospect out of North Carolina. My, I'm a big fan of less resources. And by the <laughs> way, we were selling CDs outside and tip your waiters and waitresses on the way out. Uh, Danny, thank you so much for your time. We need some picks out of you, man. We, we're not going to have you jump down and ah. not hold you, you know, your feet to the fire, never to be brought up again in conversation. So Ravens Chiefs, yep. Lions 49ers. Are you going with Alex Brown? Good old number 96, former Chicago Bear and all of his mm. NFC North slash Central bias, <laughs> thinking that the Lions are going to bite the kneecaps off of the 49ers? Or do you think that the, the better football team will, uh, will, 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 will thrive in that moment? Yeah, I, th I think I got it. I'm going with like my pick. I, I believe I picked this at midseason too, so I'm just like sticking with it. Oh, look at obviously you. the chalk uh, thing. It's the 49ers. And the Ravens, the Ravens. So I don't know if you saw this, um, according to DVOA, Aaron Schatz from FTN network, according to DVOA, weighted DVOA, I should say, which is like the, it more heavily weights like recency. Mm -hmm. Um, the Ravens are the best team ever <laughs> according to DVOA. So I'm going with that team, you know, <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> I'm going to just stick with that. I think it's, it's like the best team ever according to DVOA against the most uh, inevitable quarterback since Tom Brady. That's a really fun matchup. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm going to go with the Ravens. So Ravens 49ers Super Bowl. That's my, that's my pick. There it is. There it is. The the return of the, <laughs> the, the Jimmy Smith pass interference that wasn't called. Yeah. We, 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 yeah. Yeah. Looking forward. Hopefully the lights don't get go the out. power, get the power out there. <laughs> right, yes. Figure right. something out. Well, actually I hope the lights do go out to be honest with you, Danny, because that was some of the funniest fucking television oh that God. I've seen in my life where you've got Seriously. seven people whose brains are scrambled trying to ad lib while, while Beyonce is turning the power out and the Illuminati can't turn it back on. I, I you, enjoyed it to be honest. How long, how long was that? that it was that, like, it was, it was like, like an 12, hour. 
It, well, <laughs> the, the actual TV time, there was there was a good twelve minutes where you because now that I'm on the television side of things, like oh yeah, yeah. people talking in your ear, just being like talk. Yeah, there was actually like twelve minutes before anybody was like, hey, uh, <laughs> we gonna be here for a minute. So right. Start spinning the yarn. Some so, someone get in the three point stance and 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 put a football on that set. This is the only way these men know how to work. Like, uh, it, it was, it, it, I love I love live television and, well, and when so you funny. realize how long people have been counting on teleprompters and you start to see the makeup drip down their face because all the sweat does occur. Saturday Night Live is still one of the best bits <laughs> they've done in the last decade. Whereas back to you, nope, back to you. <laughs> so hopefully we get that. Hopefully yeah. we get that in the, in the Super Bowl that 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 Daddy Kelly uh, has provided with us. Thank right. you so much, man. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Appreciate it. Danny Kelly right here on the Full Go Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. It's Chicago in the house. Let me hear you say yeah. Yo, you listening to the Full Go podcast with my man Jason Golf. It's your boy Dave Jeff. Holla at y'all. Much love. That's all the time we have for episode 345 of the Full Go podcast. Want to thank our guests. We were super football-y today or tonight or whenever you're listening to this. By the way, shout out to y'all who listen in the gym or listen when you're taking your kids to school, wherever you're listening. We always appreciate you. All our mail carriers out there, all our third shifters, people just passing the time, hanging out with the pod. You are truly, truly appreciated out there, uh, no matter what I may say or think about you when I'm not on this microphone. So that's right. This has been episode 345 of the Full Go Podcast. I want to thank our guests, Danny Kelly from The Ringer and Josh Schrock from NBCSportsChicago.com and also NBC Sports Chicago. Always dropping off the actual factuals of the NFL season for us. Thank you to both those gentlemen. I want to thank our production staff. As always, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti, the chief vibes officer himself, Chris Sutton, and of course, the exceptional one, Kyle Williams, and the dad, the myth, the legend, Tony Gill. Thank you for, for the fellas and from the fellas. And by the way, thank you for downloading this thing. Thank you for following us on the socials. Thank you so much for sharing this with your family and friends and having the conversations come up awkwardly during family gatherings on if you're a fan of mine or not. Next thing you know, you got to start talking about your politics and religion. It gets it gets a little murky anytime my name is mentioned. So I appreciate y'all going through that for me in your close family gatherings. Uh, thank you for rating and reviewing this thing, giving it the five stars. You know it needs. If not, we will see you in the streets and give you a firm handshake. It's people going crazy out here these days. Uh, we ain't pressing nobody, now, at least not to the summer. You know, when you're trying to make it through the winter, safe and sound out here. Uh, speaking of safe and sound, we leave you with this as always. Take care of each other. Be safe, and remember to stay sucker-free. We'll talk to you on Sunday, Championship Sunday. we got some football to talk about. And, of course, we'll do Bulls Blazers right here on the Full Go Podcast.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. That's 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLING.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call one 877 hope ny or text hope ny in new york this episode is brought to you by state farm you might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong but these are the words you really need to remember like a good neighbor state farm is there they've got options to fit your unique insurance needs meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need have coverage options to protect the things you value most File a claim right on the State Farm mobile app and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.